Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, episode 356 after the whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Sabres came close last night. Derek Roy joining us today. Jeremy Roenick unavailable. Golfing, I think in Costa Rica, I think he said. Roy, actually watched the Sabres game last night. Oh, yeah. You're on before Craig. Can't see Craig. Can't hear him right now. Guy's got to get his head out of his ass. I don't know what's going on with him, Roy. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. There he is. Nice cardigan. Pull over. (laughs) (laughs) It's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. (laughs) Pull your vehicle to the side of the road. I bet he doesn't even know that movie reference. This is my struggle for years working with this guy. No idea. Really? Are you serious? I've never heard of that. I I want to ask you a question. Uh, I want to ask you a question. No, just stop. Don't hijack the the show because you've already you're already late. Fuck you. Fucking late. My ass. Communication. Your communication absolutely blows, by the way. Mm -hmm. He was he was knitting that cardigan. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Roisy, we don't have much time with you. We should probably speed up. You got a cleaning crew coming over for the house. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, boys, can we start a little earlier, though? I got a clean. I got the cleaning company coming over. (laughs) Sounds so bougie. This house is a mess right now. Oh, yeah. So what's your question, Craig? Dumb and dumber. is there, uh, No, there's no question. No question. Pretty I, sure. I was, now I, now that I remember, you know, what did, like, how do you, uh, how, do, how do you remember all of those quotes? Like, I mean, PD is an encyclopedia. His entire Roy's, life. Roy's way better than I am. His this. entire life, he speaks through movie quotes which I don't understand any of them. And he laughs by himself because I'm just sitting there going, what are you talking about? His entire <laughs> life, he speaks wants, through movie quotes. And then when wants, you get on here, now it's like two, two young bucks just like get hey, back at it. Who wants cream? Anybody? No. Okay, for cream. <laughs> Good for you guys. <laughs> 
sorry you didn't know the movie quote, Craig. How about this quote? Oh, we almost had him last night. Who's that? Every Sabre player this morning. Oh, boy. Ah, what are you going to do? Right? Did they play well enough? I thought they played well. Well enough to beat a team like that? Probably not. Um, that's a good hockey team. Uh, Carolina's a really good hockey team. Uh, they, they're fast. They're all over. Um, they do the right things. They, it seems like they have all the same players out on the ice um, with speed, with size. So it's hard to, to find time and space against them. So I thought the Sabres played well. Uh, they well haven't won there since 2016, I think it was. 2016 was the last time they won in Carolina. That's, That's a long the time. last time they won in Carolina? Yep. Carolina has not played to their standard at all. Okay. Um, that being said, they're they're just they're they're robotic in in their system. They're defensive first hockey team. They wait for their opportunities. They've got a ton of skill, and they just basically wait for you to make mistakes. And last night, I thought the Sabers actually did a really nice job. I thought they actually played a very strong, solid road game. Um, just got beat by by a team that was maybe just a little bit better than them in the third, in the overtime. Right. Well, well, the overtime, I mean, they, they, they at least got fresh legs out there. Sabres got stuck with those three guys out there the entire overtime. They were just well, dead. You saw that entire thing develop. Well, the goalie should have held the puck there. He tried to play it. Um, it's one of those where if he holds a puck, they get fresh new guys and then uh, it shifts over. But in overtime, you got, you want to keep the, keep the pace going. I think uh, you got to freeze that puck. Craig, what do we title this? He's been, one? He's been playing great. He's been playing Craig, great. What, though. what do we title this show? Roisey blames Lukanen for loss. <laughs> no chance. He would say it too that he had to hold that puck. Why didn't Darlene start? What a goal that he scored to to tie the game. Uh, you know, I think it was just maybe ten or, or so minutes into the third period or whatever. What an unbelievable play, individual play, chips it off the boards to himself, goes around a defenseman, has pressure from Brent Burns coming to pressure him, and and rips a really quick shot where he shot it so quickly that I don't even think the goaltender thought that he was that he would make that play. I don't think and, anybody thought he was going to shoot it after he just chipped it to himself and recovered it that quickly. Like he just recovered it, turned, and then fired the puck, which is why he scored. He plus, couldn't go any. Yeah. He couldn't go any deeper. If he goes any deeper, his angle's gone. But he surprised the goalie. Yeah. Plus, you're on the power play. The goalie's not expecting that shot from outside the dot on a rush, right? He's probably expecting a turn up. You know, set it up, uh, which the Sabers had a really rough time doing. Is entering the zone in the power play. Uh, I think they got to figure uh, figure something out on the entry and maybe have two or three set plays on the breakout. Because <laughs> at I, what I point they, in time? At what point in time do you change something? Like I'm talking, like I know they have a system. Every every single NHL team has has a has a breakout, just like the Sabers do. But the Carolina Hurricanes clearly, clearly scouted them, knew exactly how to f- form their formation, and they broke up every single entry of the Sabres at what point in time in game do the players realize this like Tage Thompson carried the puck up the ice I don't know how many times fed it to the left-hand board where 
it was it, it's not the right play to make because the defenseman just stood him up. Well, he didn't dip, he didn't give it there either until he got jammed up at the blue line. Then exactly he, he recover he he throws it over there as like a recovery to not lose it, and that guy's already jammed up. Yes, that guy has no play to make. I mean, at what point in time in 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 the game? Do you start to kind of say, hey, guys, we need to do something different. Their formation is clogging us. Let's have another secondary uh, level to it where Thompson's dropping it back to that guy and then he comes in full speed. It's like they they played them to perfection and the Sabres just could not figure it out. They were very, very aggressive on their penalty kill last night. And the Sabres didn't, they couldn't even set up in the zone when they when they got in. Yeah, I think they had probably more scoring chances than the Sabres. And I know they had a breakaway on that one play, <laughs> that one a turnover. And then they had yeah. a uh, guy coming down the, the wing with a shot. But I think you you, you definitely have to have two power, two power play breakouts. One, when it's working, you just keep going with it. And two, when things are not working, you just keep it simple. And you can come five guys, chip it in, battle it out, get it back to the point, get some shots on that. They weren't they weren't simplifying, and I think that's where. And then they were getting a little bit tired because they're going back, re- retrieving the puck, coming back through the middle, trying to deke. They're icing the puck. You go back three times, you, you don't have much gas left uh, in the tank. You're trying to dangle guys. You're trying to beat guys. You wasted but, all your energy. Exactly. And the best part about it is Rasmus Dahlin's, uh goal was a power play goal. Yes. Which it, it was just completely a broken play. Um, thank God he scored turned it into an individual game, but... effort. Yeah, yeah. Individual. Wow. Yeah. So I think, yeah, keeping it, keeping it simple is, uh, and outworking. I think outworking the PK is how you're going to score goals. Outworking the PK, keep it simple when things are not working well. And then once things start working well, then that's when plays start opening up and then you get better chances to score. When you say make changes. Are you talking about personnel? And I don't want to point fingers. I don't want to name names because maybe it's just not working or clicking with certain players. Sometimes when you switch personnel, uh, it, 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 you know, back to the drawing board again. Yeah. But sometimes it works and then you go back to the original and then they, it'll, it'll ruffle a little feathers. It'll guys will get pissed off maybe a little bit, but then when you go back to the original, that's when guys start talking to each other. Okay, let's make this happen. Um, we, we need some urgency in our game and we need to score a goal on this play. And then it usually works out. It's like benching a guy almost, you know, when you bench a guy and then he comes back the next game and then plays harder and then scores a goal. Usually it happens quite a bit. So I think that's what they should do on the, on the power play. Have you ever been a part of that? Have you ever been taken off or put or, or known, obviously remember a time where a guy was taken off and then put back on? In, oh, yeah. in, on any of your teams, because I'm sure you were on the power play on every team you were on. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely happened. That or even worse, putting the fourth line on the power play because the coach is pissed at you because you're not working hard enough. What are you going to do next time? You think you're not going to work hard? You know what I mean? You're going to go out there and battle and chip pucks and throw pucks at nets and drive the net and get in front of the goalie's face. Like you're going to do everything to stay on the power play. You know, because that's where you that's where you make your bread butter. I've been in that, been in that situation too, where I've been the fourth line guy thrown in there, and then you go out there and you feel like a little magic happens, but you know it's never going to happen again. Because <laughs> 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 because the big dogs the big dogs aren't going to let aren't going to let you get two in a row. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, exactly. The big dogs are going to go out there the next time and they're going to take advantage of their situation. And they're going to score a goal and they're going to be pissed off. And they're going to, and, and when you play pissed off, that's when you score goals and keep it simple and drive the net. And I think that's what they start need, need to do. Maybe, maybe do a little quick switch and then see what happens. And then the second period, go back to the original power play kind of thing and piss the guys off a little bit. Cause it, as a power play guy, you get a little comfortable sometimes. And it's it's good to be uncomfortable where you're pissed off. It it, it actually helps you uh, score goals. Well, it doesn't help that they're missing Dylan Cousins. They had for the last number of years. So last year, their their power play in last season was ninth in the NHL. This season, they sit number twenty seven. They ultimately have the same crew. They have Darlene at the top. They have Tage Thompson on the one timer on the side. They have Alex Tuck, who's in front of the net. They should have Jeff Skinner in the bumper position because he's just hungry and awesome at finding plays around the net. And they're missing that guy. So at the start of last year, they had Victor Olofsson, who ultimately we can we can call him a power play specialist. That's where he's best. He's got one of the best releases in the game. He uh, is a very talented hockey player. And they've had success with this player. Once they hit half season, Dylan Cousins ended up taking over that spot. So Dylan Cousins is a little bit different style of player um, than than Victor Olofsson. But they still seemed to have success with Dylan Cousins on there. So you have your power play. You don't need to change guys up. Okay, I honestly believe that. I, I think that they just need to... They need to simplify things, get more pucks to the net with traffic. It's very simple because right now teams know where the Sabres strengths are. Number one strength is a Tage Thompson one-timer. Right now, teams are overplaying him. So you have to you have to almost do what Washington Capitals do. They Washington Capitals play on the other side. They play give and go on the other side of the ice. People forget about Ovi for literally two seconds. And there's a slap shot and it's in the net. And right now they just need to figure it out. They need to gain that confidence, get more pucks to the net um, with traffic and screens. Good things will happen because they're super, super talented. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to get those greasy goals. Like, like Rivs is saying, like not every power play that Ovi scores is a nice, beautiful one timer. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you see Ovi go to the back door, you see him pop out, you see him in the, in the, you know, the, the half moon area where he's, where he's uh, cocking a one timer, but like you got to find different ways. Austin Matthews finds different ways. He sometimes lines up on his one time side. Sometimes he's on his strong side. Maybe you put Tage on the strong side for one, uh, you know, one power play and see what the other team's going to do. Well, that's, that's where Austin Matthews, in my opinion, separates himself from the rest of the entire league. Yeah. You don't know where he is. He can, but he can score from anywhere. He can can score. He well, can he though? I mean, I like I don't know. I, can he score from the goal line on that side like like Matthews can? Like Matthews scores from everywhere, whether it's a a, a half half board shot like like at the hash marks, or down by the goal line or on the other side, he fucking just scores. Yeah, he's in the slot sometimes. He's, yeah. he's right by the he, net sometimes. Yeah, he's everywhere behind the net. You know, you gotta. But you gotta there's a lot around. like on the Toronto power play with Mitch Marner, guys like that. There is constant constant movement. They're never stationary. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sabres are a lot more stationary 
than what Toronto Maple Leafs are. Like there's there's a lot of switching going on on that power play, and it works for them. Like same right? thing with the Oilers. Oilers best power play almost ever. Listen, Connor McDavid is everywhere. Last year was historic. Yeah. Yeah, they're all over the place. So how do you defend that? When you know what a team's going to do, it's easier to defend. Well, name me me the player on the Sabres that is Connor McDavid. The closest guy to Connor McDavid, when we're talking about, when you watch the Oilers that, like you said, PD, had an historic uh, power play last year. I think it was one of the best in the history of the game, right? Yeah, this is why I use the word historic. Um, When I look at at McDavid, there's very few players like him. And I think when you look at Austin Matthews, he is he is very damn close, right? And on those two power plays, there's a tremendous amount of movement. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Sabres have the same type of personnel, so they don't have to be those teams. What Connor's really good at is he can pass and he can shoot. You know, you got to be like, if you're going to run a power play, if you can do both, that makes you double threat. Then the teams are like, if he shoots, he's got a chance to score. So I'm going to try to take that away. And then that leaves somebody else open, right? And then he can make that pass. So Sabres got to find out who's running the power play. Is it Darlene running the power play? Do you, have, you need a half wall. You need somebody to make plays, right? Uh, and usually it's not the defenseman. The defenseman just passes it down the boards and then or down to the sidewall. And somebody's got to make a play off the half wall. That's usually what happens, right? So somebody's got to take. put Darlene there? Why can't you be creative and just put Darlene there? I don't understand that. I mean, well, if, Tage is, if Tage is your shooter on the one side, you could have Victor Olofsson on the other side. Why would you have Darlene? Why can't you take a defenseman and put him as a forward on the power play? D usually don't think like forwards because if you're a half wall guy, sometimes you got to be at the net. It's okay you know to what call I mean? it For a stupid rebounds. idea, Derek. I just, I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, the guy's Damn. got the best hands, best passer. Maybe you're a pioneer. Maybe start it. Maybe they'll do it and listen to you. Yeah, he's a great passer, but D don't think like Fords. Fords are all in. Fords are all in down by the net. Some a lot of D don't don't want to be in front of close to the oh, yeah. net because they feel yeah, Darlene doesn't Darlene doesn't have an offensive thought in his brain. Rosie, yeah. you played with Paterka. How about the play he made last night from his ass? He gets thrown down. Can't believe there's no interference called. That's the fucking problem with the NHL I'll, right there. How right? The, you see where Batman. the ref was? It's five five feet. Literally mugged him. On the on and and it's like no call. Like how? How is that not a call? Did I miss something? G- g- correct me if I'm wrong. He yes. didn't get an assist on that play because the guy oh, he threw it out about front. The guy, that's the fucking problem with the league right there too. He didn't get an assist for that because he so, threw it to their guy. I don't give a shit. Go ahead. My I apologize. I I just assumed. I knew. Do you know how ahead. assists work? Yeah, actually, I have. I have my. You want to hear about my first assist in the NHL, Rosie? Not really, but name your I, point about like what is a what is what is an assistant in this league? Because I'm going to tell you what I happened. Think he was on the being play. sarcastic. He was being a dick, is what he was doing. That's exactly oh. what I was doing. He wasn't like there was no. <laughs> I don't think he was like giving up like the proper definition of an assist. I think you're saying, do you don't know what a fucking assist is in this league, you idiot. I want to know what nice an assist about is because I agree with you, Petey. Oh, okay. He threw that puck out. The Carolina defenseman retrieved it, started to go up ice. Alex Tuck makes a a a um, jar at the puck pokes it towards the goaltender. It goes off the goaltender to the to the slot, and he buries it. 
I feel like I, I, uh, we should be making a stink of that uh, JJ Paterka no, no assist thing. Get on your social media. Let's go. Start the rally. Vote for Rory. No, we don't want him to get that many points because then he's going to get more money and the Sabres won't be able to afford him. No, I want him to get points. I want Pekka to be right. Well, he's got eight points and what? That would be nine points. games. That would be it nine. It would have been nine points in 13 games. That's absolutely bullshit. I don't even bullshit. think he's I... even to come close to taking off yet. Like he's just, he's 20 years old, Royce. Yeah. Also, first power play, second power play is a big difference too. Like that's you get way more points being on the first PP unit than the second. At what point in time do you think they give him a shot? Because I think you have staples on this power play where Alex Tuck is going to be the net front guy. You're going to have Jeff Skinner, who's kind of he's been in the bumper spot, but he's also been in the the opposite side of Tage Thompson, which I don't think that that's his. I don't think that's a spot. What about what about now? You can't. I mean, there's only five worst teams in the league on the power play. It's not like Absolutely. it's not like you're, you know, it's not right. like you're killing it on the PP right now. That's why I say sometimes scramble it up, see what happens. You never know. Some sometimes two guys just have this chemistry, and you don't know until you try it. He's got hey. the skills. He's got the vision. He's got the ability to handle pucks and make plays. Um, it could be interesting, especially with Dylan Cousins being that guy that usually is on that number one power play. Why not give uh, JJ Paterka a, a shot on the uh, on the big uh, big PP? It's not working. Stinks to high hell right now. So yeah, get him on that half wall. On the, Figure on something his, out. I agree. It is a fucking joke, anyway. What movie's that, Craig? That's one of your favorite movies. It's one of the only movies you know how to reference. Rounders. There, there you go. Hey, Andrew. You ever been in a car crash? I know you have because you're a terrible driver. But fortunately for me, I haven't. But I know who I'd call if it ever happened to me. Call our friends at Salino Law. 800-555-5555. For a car crash, call Salino. 800-555-5555. You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino. Natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only to the outstanding accommodations and service. Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills, just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details. I'm just reading our social media here because I, I I don't really read the comments that often. But t- did the Sabers dominate the Leafs? No. I mean, what, this guy this guy said that, that 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 they think I'm being too negative. I I said I'm not. I said I didn't think the Sabers dominated the Leafs, and he said I think you're just being too negative. I'm in some kind of a midlife crisis, and I'm just negative all, all the time. I'm not negative. This fucking team should not be six, six, and one. I'm sorry. It shouldn't be six, six, and one. I'm not fucking letting them off the hook for beating the Leafs when the Leafs played like shit. Yeah, I mean, throughout the league, throughout the seasons, 82 games, you're gonna have bad games. You're gonna you're gonna have good games. Like we know you should win a hockey game, you end up losing it. You know, it's it's a long season. But these points, like they add up. Look what happened last year. They missed the well, they That's missed the by one point. Like these games add up at the end of the season. 
I've missed the playoffs by one or two points a couple times, and it sucks because you're looking back at all the points that you could have got. Uh, maybe I could have worked a little harder here. Maybe, you know, if we won an overtime here, like those, those are crucial points at the end of the season. The, the, the expectations are, are uh, uh, for too many years, it's been, oh man, they, you know, they, they won the game 40. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a dot. The Leafs were awful. They were absolutely awful. That was more noticeable than the Sabres dominating that game. It was how bad the Leafs were playing. With the exception of Austin Matthews, but all I'm saying is this: there's too many the, the expectations. I mean, someone said the other day about a, a great win in Philly. I'm like a great win in Philly. Yeah, that's that's getting the job done. That it's was not a great that was win. Not get, a get, great win get, in Philly. Get the a job gr- done. You're better than them. A great win against Philly is is are they better that- than them, Roisy? I mean, Philly's not good hockey team. Listen. The game that the Sabres won, which I'm all for winning games, even though you sucked, they got outshot like 40 to 15. I'm not saying they were they, better than they them took that two day. points. So the I way I look at it is, man, just win. Just got- win games. That's that's the most important. Then they come back after a stinky game in Philly. You would think that they would come back to their own building, which they've struggled with this year playing in their own building. They throw up another absolute shit bomb and get smoked yeah. five to one. Do you know why? Because you have one coach that probably lit his team up for losing that game. And you got another coach that's probably praising all the positives that come out of Philadelphia instead of saying, this is where we need to be better. This is a fucking joke. We might have won this fucking game, but you guys were absolutely dog shit. You're yeah. lucky you won this game against that team. Like Philadelphia just and then, lost and then, to and then the you come out and it's like, like sharks. It's like, oh, we, we didn't even play well. And we're going to come out. We're going to play Philadelphia. And I'm not trying to live in the past, but I'm just building up to the Leaf game here. Like if you look at the standings right now, nobody's killing it by any means. I nope. mean, uh, there, there's a couple of teams that are like, you know, pulling away. But I'm saying in the thick of things, you know, Toronto's six and four, Florida's six and four, Islanders five and three, Buffalo six, six, Montreal five and five, Washington. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not worried about Washington, Montreal, Columbus, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Those teams are probably not going to make the playoffs. So this is your year to make the playoffs. This is your year. I've push. never been more engaged to the standings because it's not the same teams in the same position every single morning. No, these are teams it I'm is. talking about in the playoffs that are 500. Yes, I know. It's moving constantly. And, and there are teams now, it's like, you know, you have Detroit in the top three. I mean, the, the Metropolitan's pretty much the same. But, I mean, you've got Toronto in the wild card. Islanders are right there. Montreal's right there. It's only a point. It's one mm-hmm. point between between six wild cards, seven, eight wild card, and wild card number two. It's one point. Yeah, this is where you have to, you know, uh, make, make hay when the sun is shining and move forward and take that step as a team and push yourselves a little bit more and, and, and hold yourselves at a higher standard than losing to Philadelphia or just beating Philadelphia. But I like this. I like this for the league that there's this much parody. I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins who are off to a horrific start for their standards and their expectations, they're not out of it. No. You know, by this time, normally, when when the, you know teams were starting to separate, there were becoming two tiers where you'd have your your teams that were you know eight two and two, and then you have a whole bunch of teams that are like three and nine. Look at look at Ottawa. Ottawa was the last 
team, last place team in the, in the conference at four and six. They're they're not out of it. Ottawa is definitely not out of it. So like you got to start kind of pushing these teams down and and making a step forward as opposed to staying on the same level and trying to win at the end of the season uh, just to make the playoffs. So you got to make you got to get points now. When you look at the sixteen teams that are in the East currently right now, most teams have played anywhere from ten to thirteen games. The biggest winning streak right now is currently two wins in a row. There's no team that is that is taking off. I look at I look at the uh, the Western Conference. Most teams are in the same position, except the Vancouver Canucks are on a four game winning streak, and Petey is the only one on the planet that thought that these guys were any good. He had, he's talked about Vancouver in the past saying this team's good. This team's really good. Well, I, got so I don't know coach. what the hell Rick Tockett's doing in, in Vancouver to get these guys going in the right direction. They're nine, two and one to start the season. It's about all the teams in the league right now. There's not a team that's basically just running away and winning multiple games. Well, there are a, a couple though. Like there are a couple teams that are running away, but they're not, they're not like there's not three or four or five of them per conference. Like, I mean, you have Boston and, and, and the Rangers are having a great record. They're the only ones that have less than two, two losses, regulation losses. Then in the other side, you have, uh, you know Colorado eight and three. They're not running away with it. But you have Vegas eleven and one. You got Vancouver nine two and one. They're the only ones with LA seven two and two. LA sneaky too. I think LA is a is a sneaky team this year. But then after that, it's you know again, they're very much with the exception of San Jose, who got their first win against. So what happened there? Danny Breer and, and Mike Greer lose a bet. Danny lost a bet with Kay Gersey. We'll, we'll toss you your first W of the year. Listen, I, I'm going to go out on a limb right now. And I'm going to say that the San Jose Sharks will not win 10 games this year. And then they won't win the, the draft lottery either. Because Gary hey. Bettman will want to put the kids somewhere else, whoever it is. Man, Sorry. they're mi- they're minus forty two in goals. Minus forty two. They have fourteen goals for in twelve games. Do you know how embarrassing that is? How fucking pissed like, do you this think is... Torts was after that game? Oh, some guys have some guys have twice <laughs> the amount of points as they have goals. Could you imagine John Torts? No, you know what happened there, right, boys? They got out there. They got out to San Jose. What's the strip down there, Riv? What's the strip? <laughs> Lost what? Lost got lost down no. and lost lost. Yeah. Uh, no. Roblos, um, Roblos, Roblos. <laughs> I can't remember what it is, but it, it's oh, not. It's not a. It's when you say the strip, you automatically think of Vegas or something no, like no, that. No. This is like a. This is like a it's like a little, little uh, restaurant uh, little area. Restaurant strip with some. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they went and had some fun. Down there in, uh, uh, I don't think they did. Okay, and I don't think that I they like will. San Jose. So San Jose was their first one. Then they go to Anaheim, and then they go to L.A., and they'll probably go home after that. Oh, that's a great trip. So listen to me, Roisy. So that's they fun. go to San Jose, 
and they play San Jose on the seventh yesterday. They lose two to one. They don't play in Anaheim till the tenth. Oh, that's two days of a miserable torts. Three days. Could you imagine? Imagine they lose. Could you imagine Anaheim? losing that game? And yeah. then you're going to Anaheim. They might have had something set up and they just weren't focused oh, or something. I don't know. Yeah, they go to Anaheim, they get a bus down into LA. It's not like it's only 45 minutes, isn't it? How many times has that happened to you over your career where you just with Lindy, who is very demanding, um, you just end up dropping the ball on a game and then you just get penalized for it. Not allowed to go out. You know, you got to stay in the hotel. You got to be in at like 11. Oh, or meeting or, at the morning, meeting or, in the morning yeah. in the hotel video. Bagsgate. Oh. Literally watching Roisey and Thomas Vanek get absolutely crucified because you guys lost us the game. Like there's no other reason. Yeah, there's that nobody we else lost. In, well, that's what you that's what you take when you're when you're the goal scorers. Rosie, we talked about Edmonton yesterday. What's going on oh. out in Edmonton? Jesus. I uh, I mean we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's got to be the happiest place on earth, no? Looks frustrating for the guys, like taking penalties late in the game. Um, You know, coach gets uh, kicked out of the game. Like, it just looks like they're really frustrated. Um, Pressure is on for them. They have a great hawk team. They have basically the same team last year, and they were supposed to win the cup last year. Um, I think if they would have beat a Ve- if they beat Vegas in the playoffs, I think they end up winning the cup last year. So they're so far away from the Stanley Cup. They oh, are right so now, far yeah. away. It's just it, it's mind blowing, right? And then they got you the know, goalie have... situation. <laughs> well, you 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 put Jack Campbell, who they signed for a five year deal, twenty five million bucks. They put him in the minors. And they're going to save $1.15 million on the cap. So a little bit of money. Not not crazy, but it's it, it's money that they can use for something else down the line, right? Um, Jack Campbell has not played well since he's since he's come to the Oilers. It's been, you know, a year, year and a what? A year and 15, 10 games. Um so you have to make you have to make decisions on shaking things up, and he's he's the easy easy one to make right now. But I I was reading an article about you know Connor McDavid right now is the heart and the Art Ross in jeopardy because like, he wins it every year. I mean the Art Ross, which is the top goal scorer in the last seven years, he's won it five times. You know, you have the heart, which is the MVP. The last seven years, he's won it three times. And with the way that he's playing, with the way that his team's playing, I don't think he'll get either one of those. Do you think he's healthy? Yes. You do? Yes, I do. 100%. Do 
Okay, so when we saw him get hurt and then he came back, like what did we assume that was? You guys were talking like, a, like a, it seemed like a back, uh, like a back spasm or something. I thought back, Craig, you and maybe Vanek thought that it was uh, uh, abdominal strain, maybe possibly. So, I mean, if it's anything back, abdominal, hip flexor, groin, hamstring, knee, ankle, it's going to affect him. So, I, I, I find it hard. Would you to jeopardize playing a player like him? Uh, would you jeopardize injuring something more at this point in the season? Well, there was he he came back during the the Heritage Classic, right? Yep. So maybe you really wanted to play in that game and kind of forced it a little. As a player, you always want to play. You always think you're okay to play, even if you're not. Um, I would assume he wouldn't play injured, considering it's the start of the season, but. You never know. You always want to be part of these big games, and you always want to be on the ice. So I don't know. I'm not going to go down the path again, too. But someone brought it up that the the Oilers are regretting the Evander Kane signing. You know, after this amount of time, and I don't know that that's the is case. that an easy out. That's what I was right. I, I sit so here and you blame said this that. shit on Evander Kane. Under Kane. I'm, that's why I felt bad bringing it up yesterday, but I only brought it up because of the, I would not have brought up Evander Kane's name in this situation. If I didn't see the Christina Marlowe note that brought that resurfaced all that bullshit into the media. Right. So I never would have brought Kane's name up at all and associated it with this, but I just wonder about distraction. That's all I'm trying to say. And what else is going on behind the scenes? Yes. I think it's a scapegoat and yeah, I feel like an asshole for bringing it up. But, I mean, why can't I bring it up? Because it's I mean, it's it's not he like was, I'm just he pink- was good for them in the playoffs, though. Like he had some good playoff runs and he had some good seasons. So I mean, if you I love you, him if, as a okay, player, let's say let's say you, let's okay, let's say you trade a guy, um, and then win the Stanley Cup, and then he's garbage after that for five years and you sign him for a six-year deal are you happy or are you mad i could go both ways on this one i suppose i mean you know what i mean like he brought them close he played really well in the playoffs i think he had like how many goals did he have that one year like he did his he's been doing his job he's fighting he's hitting he's you know and he's not you're not paying him 10 million bucks either what's he making Four or five, something like that. Like he's not, it's not crazy. So I think it's, I think it's been pretty good for them. Let me ask you this one, Roisy, because I'm sure that you have been in this situation before. And we're just going to go and we're going to talk about the other team in Alberta, the Calgary Flames. They're just like a turbulent up and down, um, going through some tough times. Well, the last game, the head coach, Ryan, what is it, Huska, ended up benching star player Jonathan Huberto for the entire third period. I saw that. Uh, Calgary pulls out a big win. Everything's going, changing and going in the right direction. But what the heck is going on with Jonathan Huberto? And do you agree with that move of kind of like embarrassing this this wasn't sitting for a shift or two. This was an entire third period. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it is embarrassing. Like you said, I feel 
he's trying to set a tone and I'm guessing he's not playing to the standards that they're holding to. And he's obviously not been like, he obviously had a bad year last year considering coming off a hundred and what do you have? 114 points the year before something like yeah, that. And then, then 15 points. And then the next year he comes and, you know, gets half of that. So I'm, I, I did he even get half of that? The, the biggest, it, I think it was like the biggest um, difference between two years. It's the biggest difference in NHL history. He had 115 points, gets traded to Calgary, and I think he ended up with like 50 years, 60 points. And he was playing a lot. He's on the power play. He's playing in all minutes of the game, and he just wasn't contributing. So Well, he didn't like playing for Sutter. Yeah, that's what I thought maybe, but this year he's he's not doing the same again this year. So what what are you going to do as a coach? I mean, you got to you got to you maybe have to embarrass him for him to pick up his game and and you know, like we said well, a while ago, sometimes he doesn't want to piss him there. off. He does not want to be there. Period. End of story. Where does he want to be? Well, well he, he wants to go he wants deal. to go back to South Beach, but they don't want him. So, he wants to be maybe somewhere a team else. in the league that would take him. After well, that's you know that's the problem he's causing for himself. If he doesn't want to be there and he wants to, he forced him into that contract. That's where the holdup. That's why he got so much money because he got traded there. He's like, I'm not fucking coming here, not a chance. So like, they had to. They had. They just traded Matthew Kachuk, who arguably could have been an MVP candidate that year. They traded him to Florida, and then you get Huberto, and and, and Weger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get and Uyghur, Yeah, I know that for sure because that's Craig's cousin. But, but I'm saying the Ho- Uyghur's situation was different than Huberdo's, in my opinion. But, but Huberdo backed them into the corner, and that's why he's getting the money he's getting. I and, feel like at, at the time you thought it was a great trade. You're like, oh, you know what? You got a D man, like 114 point guy. I, I thought Calgary first, won the trade at first, to be honest with you. Same, same here. The guy's put up an insane amount of points throughout his his career. Like it's not like Jonathan Huberdo, you know, put a gun to their head and said, You you need to pay me this, and they grossly outpaid him. This is a player that is that has put up 92 points, 78 and 69 games, 61 and 55 games, 115 points, and then he signed his contract. Like ten and a half million dollars for a guy that puts up over a point a game every single year is it's it's par for the course. They just didn't expect him to go from 115 to 55. And 55 points in this league is still a pre- pretty damn good year, you know. Um, but not at a ten and a half million dollar salary. Now I agree 100 percent with with Petey. He doesn't want to be in Calgary. He doesn't want to play in Calgary. He's played his entire career in South Beach. Trade him for trade him for Zegers. Different, completely different lifestyle. Trade him for Zegers. Get him back in the sunshine. Maybe he needs that vitamin D. Well, I mean, name me a team in this league that would take Jonathan Huberto. Well, you'd you'd have to withhold a lot of the salary. Well, you can hold up to half. How are you doing that? What do you mean? I wouldn't trade. Guys making ten and a half million dollars. I wouldn't like, trade. I wouldn't trade Jeff Skinner for Jonathan Huberdeau if Calgary picked up three million of his salary. Agreed. 
hundred percent. Not even close. Like I wouldn't take a seven no. million dollar Huberto over nine million dollar Skinner, and that nine million dollar Skinner has been crippling this team for years. But actually, now he's 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 actually earning it. Yeah, he's played very well the last really well, like really, really well. It doesn't get enough credit. I will say that, you know, because I think people just assume same old Jeff Skinner. I don't think that's the case. He's actually he's in on a lot of plays all the time. But I just I'm saying that's for for me to say that after sitting through the entirety so far of Skinner's deal. It says a lot. And I'm saying that. Mm -hmm. So. That's that's not good for Calgary because they're stuck with this guy, a miserable star who's underperforming. He's unhappy. Well, how about Nazem Kadri? Is he even like, I mean, he signed for a lot less, but he seems to be not happy. I think he was part of the reason why Sutter is not coaching this team anymore. Seems like the whole team is miserable. Well, they're looking to move. Uh, they're looking to make some moves. Apparently, that- Hannafin. Hannafin's a UFA at the end of the year. You've well, got Zadorov, who's a UFA at the end of the year. It's that crappy oh. rink. They have two defensemen <laughs> under contract past one year. Rasmus Anderson and Mackenzie Weger. Hannafin's up. Zadorov's up. DeSimone's up. Dennis Gilbert's up. Is Tanev up? How about Tanev, Lindholm? Sorry, Tanev's up, too. Elias Lindholm has been arguably their best player in Calgary for years. He's 28 years old. He he's up for contract right now. They're trying to negotiate, but he's an unrestricted free agent. The last couple of years, Royce, he had 64 points, 22 goals in 80 games. The year before that, he had 42 goals, 82 points in yeah, 82 that, games. Yeah, because he was playing like this, Goudreau. He's a hell of a hockey player. Like he's he has great. produced every 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 year. And they're going to have to pay him big money. The point is if you're him, why would you want to re-sign in Calgary? Why would you want to re-sign in Calgary when you might be able to kind of go to a different He's been there for quite a long time in Calgary. Like wh- I'm sure that this this young guy is looking at his options. There's going to be a lot of teams that would love to get their hands on Elias Lindholm. He's still very young. He's going to sign, what, a seven-year deal on his new contract. But He's a great hockey player, yeah. He's a great hockey player. And if the team's not playing well and there's not a good vibe, why would he want to sign there? That's enough of that. Thanks for your time today. Cleaning crews there. I can see her walking behind you there. (laughs) <laughs> mop and bucket what do you do when they come in you just hang out read the paper put your feet up have a coffee say uh grab my slippers while you're in there no i'm actually going for a skate with some guys what i just yeah i was i was in i was in uh vancouver actually the other day um i did a um you know nhl alumni charity event how did you, did you put up some good points or what uh yep <laughs> I'm going to tell you this, Roisy, with me uh, playing with you over the course of the time I was here in Buffalo, here's my perception of you playing in Vancouver in that little, uh, you know, pickup charity thing is that you would be the guy who would go over to the ref after a goal is scored and just say, can you uh, add a, you know, add a, add number nine to that uh, sheet there, big gut, big dog. Give me a, 
give me an extra assist. It's exactly what happened. Yeah. No, so it's actually asked you, did you produce points? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. It's an amazing charity. It's Can uh, for Autism. They raise over a million dollars. So the uh, nice. you know NHL alumni is uh, you know a great organization. And I thought uh, you know, it was that was awesome to see all the smiles on the kids' faces. And we had such a great time doing it. So good. Yeah, it was great. Good for you, buddy. Awesome. I didn't even know that there was an NHL alumni. <laughs> I just <joked. laughs> always fun uh, having Roisy on. Looks the same, eh? Fifteen years. It's it's been over fifteen years that I played with Roisy. I'm when you say that, it's actually funny because he does not look a day older than when I played with him fifteen years ago. He still looks like a little kid. Hell of a teammate, hell of a hockey player. Love love listening to him talk. You know, one thing I'll say about Roisy, I've known him since he was 15 or 16, okay? Been the same guy from then until now, but one of the nicest, most genuine guys I think you'll meet. And I, I, I can honestly say that never has anything bad to say about anybody except for what the funniest was when he would rip. And I mean, absolutely shred his personal tackling dummy by the, by the name of Brian Campbell. Some of the greatest moments of my career was, was listening to Roisy. Absolutely. Just shred soupy. Perfectly shred soupy. Goose, Palmer. <laughs> there are a few other guys that he just went after and murdered verbally. You know what? I'm going to say this. I've said this. Um, you know, we've worked together for almost eight years now. And I've said this before. Your group of players that grew up here were so tight. Like it really were, it was an incredible, incredible group, like going from Pominville to, to Roisey to Stafford to, you know, MacArthur. Well, they were Miller. all in Roch together. I, I was, was in Buffalo insane. by then. They, they all, they all played with my brother. My brother played with these guys for like two and a half years in Rochester when I was yeah. at Buffalo. Yeah. So Roisey lived with Jeff. Pominville lived with Jeff the connection, the, the ties to all these guys. And it's, you know, it goes beyond the NHL. I mean, it's every yeah. level, you know? So, uh, yeah, great guy, man. I, I, you know, I love that we've reconnected with him and I love that he's coming on the pod. A lot of people love hearing from him and, you know, he and I were, he and I were really, really good buddies. And that's just the amazing thing about hockey. It's like, uh, guys just end up going in different directions for whatever reason and lives change and i like i last i remember during training camp i was trying to back away from the partying and take my career a little more serious and you know the, <laughs> the boys we had a day off the next day and all the boys went out all the boys all the younger guys went out i was still one of the younger guys i mean i was only a few years older than roisy but i was still in my 20s and all the younger guys went out and I didn't go out. I had a few people over to my place for dinner. So the next day at the rink, like everyone's talking about their night out, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, and Royce goes in front of everyone. Hey, Petey, 
How was your dinner party, you fucking nerd? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, meanwhile, like, and then the best part about it is, is we had 11 o'clock curfew during training camp and all the guys that went out that night, they all broke curfew. And the year before I broke curfew in training camp and I got shit in front of everybody. The next year, everyone gets called back into the rink after we had a, a, a blue and gold game. And, and it was at night and that's why everyone went out the night before, because every, because we had a late blue and gold game. That's what happened. So they kind of ran it like it was a game day. So I'm at, I'm at, I went to Pearl street after that game to have a beer and grab something to eat, sit at the bar and have, have a bite to eat. I get a call from Jeep. Petey, where are you? Said I'm at Pearl street. I need you to come over to the rink, please. Lindy wants to meet with you. I walk in. Andrew, have a seat. Guess a crew of the guys went out last night. Any idea about that? I said, I have no idea about that. He said, so you didn't go out with any of the guys last night? I said, no, I did not go out with any of the guys last night. When the exactly one year before, I was the guy who got in trouble for breaking curfew because something happened. But I was the one, you know what I mean? So he looked at me and he goes, I bet you're pretty happy you didn't go out last night. Said, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I said, I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. And I said, just out of curiosity, who went out? <laughs> and he knows damn well that I fucking know. He goes, get out of my office, go home. All right, thanks for listening to episode 355 of After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Tomorrow, Brian Gianta will join us. We're going to grill him and find out why he has uh, why he's not more of a regular these days. Enjoy the rest of your day.